Hello, and welcome to PW KidsCast, a monthly interview series featuring authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens today. I'm John Sellers, the Children's Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author Alexandra Bracken, whose second novel, The Darkest Minds, is being published this month by Hyperion Books, which is sponsoring this podcast. Bracken wrote her first young adult novel, Brightly Woven, when she was a student at the College of William and Mary, and she signed with her agent on her 21st birthday. While Brightly Woven was fantasy, The Darkest Minds launches a dystopian trilogy set in what PW's review called a gritty, economically devastated, near-future America where children are hunted and feared. In Bracken's book, Plague has devastated the country, killing nearly all adolescents. Many of those that survived developed psychic powers, some quite dangerous, and have been imprisoned in work camps. Her heroine, Ruby, is among them. Alexandra, thank you for speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me. I understand that you wrote your first book as a gift for a friend. Is that right? Yeah, that's very true, actually. Um, My good friend, Carlin, I became really close to her in college. We just hit it off right away, pretty much. And she was really supportive of me trying to write professionally from pretty much the very beginning of freshman year when I sat down and tried to write a novel for National Novel Writing Month. And as a way to thank her, I wanted to write a story that I knew that she specifically would really like. And she liked it enough that I thought I could potentially seek representation and later publication for it. And it worked out really well. So... Okay. And so at that point, you sort of thought, you know, maybe I'll shop this around a little bit to, to some agents. Yeah, which is... It was really kind of a terrifying thing for me to do is I I think I finished Brightly Woven when I was 20, maybe. And it just, it felt like a huge step. And I, the thing I remember most about that time looking for an agent was how like obsessive I became about it. And I think that's true for a lot of writers. I did a ton of research on both agents and editors and like perfected, perfecting the query letter was just like, I mean, it's like a, it's so funny because I think most authors hate, absolutely hate this period of trying to find representation, but I kind of felt like the thrill of the chase to me a little <laughs> bit. And, and yeah, I just remember actually being, it was not a good time for me to seek representation because I was still in classes and my attention was kind of being torn between doing well in school and wanting to be published. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Had you been thinking about writing professionally for a while at that point? Uh, I, this is, I feel like this is such a cliche thing, but I knew from a really, really young age that I wanted to be a children's book author and specifically a children's book author, because in third grade, I became obsessed with Roald Dahl books. And my third grade teacher at the time had this really great activity that she had us do where we would write just like these pretty short stories, maybe like 12 pages at the most. And she would have us kind of bind the books in cardboard and contact paper. So it looked like an actual book. And so I just, from the time I was really young, I just knew I wanted to write professionally. And I thought I would wait until I was finished with college to attempt it, but got a little ahead of myself. And um, I know that you now live in New York City and actually work in children's book publishing too. Uh, did selling that first book you know, shape or guide your decision to, to work in the industry as well? Um, yes and no. It's so funny. I had kind of a mid-college crisis where I had gone into school knowing that I wanted to write one day and also thinking that I wanted to be a lawyer. And then 
in the middle of taking the LSAT, I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to be a lawyer at all. What am I going to do with my life? My entire senior year of college was kind of just a very long period of intense stress about my future. And I remember going into a guidance counselor or career counselor rather and asking for her opinion on like where I as like a history and English double major, which are not extremely useful (laughs) majors when you're looking for a career, um, what I could potentially do. And she was like, well, have you considered publishing? Like you already have like a background and an under basic understanding of how it works And so from there, my school actually offered um, scholarships for the different publishing institutes that happened during the summer. So I attended the Publishing Institute at Columbia and kind of fell in love with the industry from the other side of the table. Okay. And I mean, have you found that that has sort of given you a perspective as an author that you might not have had otherwise, sort of letting you see the book world from the inside? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I wonder if my agent would agree with this, but... I feel like I do have enough perspective on the publishing industry that she and I can have like very serious conversations about contracts because I can read contracts and royalty statements. I actually started as an editorial assistant and then I moved to marketing. So I've seen a lot of different areas within publishing and I work closely with the publicists and it has given me a really great insider's look. And I, I feel like I do have an understanding of what things are actually important when it comes to my career, like how books sell into stores, how a publicity campaign or a marketing campaign is structured, things like that. It definitely has been really interesting, though, to see it from the other side. Okay, well, uh, let's talk about the new book. You know, you told us a little bit about how the, your first idea, the first book came together, but uh, where did the idea for this trilogy originate? Well, I... I mean, I always kind of struggle with this question because I don't have a really simple, easy answer and there's no kind of like behind the scenes story to it. It didn't, it wasn't inspired by one event and it didn't come to me in a dream. That would have been really nice because this was kind of like a hard fought story to actually plot out. It really is the kind of culmination of a lot of the thoughts and observations I had as a teenager in a post 9-11 world, I was a freshman in high school when September 11th happened. And it was a very, I mean, a very interesting time in that I had a very innocent childhood, I would say, like a very peaceful, and the 90s were, were great mm-hmm. in comparison to where we are now. And it was interesting, interesting to actually see my life and my country changed so much in such a short amount of time to the point that when I was a senior in high school, the school district, the school I attended all of a sudden was like very afraid of bioterrorism and we couldn't sell any food that wasn't individually wrapped, just things like that. And how airport security changed and Mm -hmm. a lot of smaller things and a lot of bigger changes. And it also, this book is also kind of a product of a lot of things that I just genuinely love in storytelling, a lot of, and a lot of things I just love in life too. Love a good road trip. I love classic rock. <laughs> and I was really attached to the characters from the beginning, and I felt like they were my buds. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of uh, characters, you know, both of your books have 
sort of very strong, memorable heroines. Uh, Sidel was very outspoken and talented and brightly woven, and Ruby uh, has some really strong survival instincts, uh, kind of out of necessity in uh, The Darkest Minds. Uh, do you set out with certain goals when you're creating these lead characters, or are there certain traits or qualities that are important to you when uh, writing your heroines? Yes, it's it's funny because I when I sit down to actually write out a story, I almost always start with a character. And I've noticed that if I try to sit down and write a story that I have like a plot figured out for, but I don't have an interesting or strong enough central main character, it, like I can't, I can't go backwards and try to develop the character based on the story. I have to develop the story based on the character. Hmm. So in terms of both Ruby and Sidel, I wanted a heroine that was interesting and had, and they both needed to have an inner strength to them that maybe they couldn't access from the beginning of the story, but they would kind of learn to tap into as the story progressed. And it's so, it's really interesting to me because Sid and um, Ruby are like very different characters, but they do have that in common where they do kind of have to come into their own and, figure out how to tap into their both their like actual talents and abilities and find their like inner courage, I would say. And um, I know you'd said that uh, that Brightly Woven was sort of a book that you sort of was something you thought your your friend would really respond to. Um, but because, you know, that book, that book had you know, magical sort of fantasy elements and this one involves supernatural psychic powers and there's a bit of a science fiction kind of element. I'm curious, were those uh, genres of books and entertainment a big part of your life growing up? Uh, was that, are those, were those influences at all? You mentioned, of course, just classic rock and things like that just now too, but. Yeah, it's, I, I really, it's so funny to me because the other day, my friends and I were talking about the books that we read and we loved when we were kids and my, like my coworkers and I were there naming like the true confessions of Charlotte Doyle and Avi books and, Mm -hmm. um, the Beverly Cleary Ramona series. And pretty much from a really young age, I needed something a little bit more out of his story. I needed like a fantasy or a science fiction element to really keep me engaged. Mm -hmm. And my dad, before he passed away was a huge star Wars collector. So I grew up, I mean, just like very ingrained, in science fiction. And Mm -hmm. so I read like all, I mean, like all of the expanded universe books for the star Wars series. I read, um, (laughs) like the young Jedi Knight series. (laughs) I just saw them actually, I was in Barnes and Noble and I saw them on the shelf and I had like a happy moment. (laughs) I just recommended them to a kid who was standing there. I'm sure he thought it was crazy, but, um, it's okay. I did the same thing with the the star Trek universe growing up. So we all have those, uh, those parts of our literary history. Yeah. I'm glad we can get along. Exactly. Um, so yeah, from a really young age, my dad actually read a lot of science fiction and a lot of fantasy. He was also a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So I read the Hobbit. The Hobbit's still one of my favorite books and I'm really excited for December. Well, speaking of movies, uh, I understand that uh, this trilogy has also been optioned by uh, 20th century Fox. Um, I know sometimes things move a little slowly in Hollywood, but have there been uh, any developments along those lines that you can talk about? Not yet. I think because the book is coming out so late in the year, they're kind of waiting to see how people respond to it and how, um, they're kind of, 
I think they're being cautious because it seems to me like a lot of young adult novels are being acquired at the moment and they kind of want to see how they hit and how they resonate with people. I know that they are working behind the scenes on development, but I kind of try to stay out of that side of the, <laughs> that side of sure. the world. Sure. Well, I'm sure you have uh, plenty on your plate between work and writing uh, yeah. regardless. Um, and, and speaking of, uh, you know, what is next for you? Are you, are you working on book two yeah, I'm in the middle of editing book two. I'm a little bit behind schedule, but I'm almost done. Um, yeah, book two, I love. I'm so excited about it, and I can't wait for people to read it. And I think it picks up on a lot of the loose ends that the ending leaves hanging open, as you will see. Um, the ending, I think, is kind of, of the first book, kind of tortured some readers, which mm. I feel really bad about now in retrospect. But um, I'm working on that. I was working on a middle grade story for a while. And I also am working on another harder science fiction YA book. I'm kind of superstitious, so I don't want to go into a lot of detail. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, I know, you know the book isn't even out just yet, but um, as it gets closer and closer, have you been, you know, hearing from sort of advanced readers, you know, folks who have, you know, gotten either digital copies or early copies or is it starting to spread uh, in blogosphere, things like that? Yeah, I've been really, really excited about the response I've been getting from readers, even even the readers who don't necessarily it's not quite their cup of tea or they don't like one aspect of the story. They've been like really, um, really passionate about expressing their opinions. And I think it is resonating with readers, which makes me excited. And I know just based off of reading a couple of the reviews, I try really hard for the most part, not to read reviews, especially when I'm working on the next book in a series or I just kind of, you don't really want other voices talking in your head while you're trying to work. Um, but I know like the the ending has really been kind of brutal mm-hmm. for some people, which I both love and kind of feel sad about, <laughs> or I should say, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm really excited about the way that readers have kind of responded. And my favorite part of the book is the relationship that the four main characters have. And that's something that a lot of readers have, that's been attracted to attractive to a lot of readers and they've really responded to those characters. Great. And, uh, you know, finally, since uh, the holidays are approaching, uh, is there anything you're particularly looking forward to doing or perhaps reading uh, over the break? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned before, I'm really excited to do The Hobbit. Um, Also, Les Miserables. I'm really excited to see that. Um, This year, we're going to Mexico. It's going to be a very different kind of Christmas for the family. And I'm I'm loading up my Kindle right now with a lot of work manuscripts that we're reading for next summer. And right now I'm actually reading a book that I'm really into called Steelheart by Brandon Sanderson. And I, f- I feel bad for talking about it because it doesn't actually come out until fall 13. <laughs> but so I'm planning on finishing that. And I've never actually read the Philip Pullman Golden Compass trilogy. So I'm downloading those and reading those. Oh, fantastic. Good. Yeah. An excellent holiday uh, choice. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I think that is all the time we have for today. But uh, thanks again, Alexandra, for speaking with me. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, once again, I've been talking with Alexandra Bracken, whose new book is The Darkest Minds, available this month from Hyperion. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.